Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much. Well, this is episode 12, Girls, 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 from 1962. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, we are back because there is a new Tom Hanks movie out. So we are together to do an Elvis movie, to do the Hanks movie. Yep. To watch Elvis in a movie where... Uh, we talked about it before we started. It should be called Boats, Boats, Boats. Boats, 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 Joey. So I think I think the, the thing that I realized, and we've talked about this before, is that Elvis in these movies is always in love with every girl. Mm-hmm. But it's against his will. Yes. He wants to have another interest, and women just throw themselves at him. So it's like, look at this playboy, but he's not like, it's not, they're not making him look out to be a womanizer. Right. It's like, it's not his fault. Yes. It's like, um, it's almost, I was thinking like this reverse Pepe Le Pew kind of thing where like girls just throw themselves at Elvis and Elvis has to just kind of decide like what his type is and then pursue that. And sometimes he thinks he knows what he wants and then another girl will come along and be like, that's what I really want. And they'll do it in the most kind of like gentle way Well, he'll sort of swap one for the other. And it seems and to have, happen often. <laughs> I have trivia about that in this one. Oh, um, that's funny. So if you've not seen Girls, 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 this is what the IMDb summary is. When he finds out his boss is retiring to Arizona, a sailor, Elvis, yep. has to find a way to buy the West Wind, a boat he and his father built. He's also caught between two women, insensitive club singer Robin yep. and Sweet Laurel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mike, there's a Robin in your life. Did, yeah. did your Robin watch this with you? No, she didn't. But I, you know, was like, I didn't know you knew Elvis. She said she was holding out on me, waiting for the right moment to tell me. But so there's only one tagline for this movie, which I find disappointing because it's always remember like Elvis in the most stunning dot 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 serious dot yeah, whatever. Yeah. A dreamboat of a drama. At least it's about boats. Right. I mean, you know, Elvis. Gets you a hook, line, and sinker. There's so much fishing in this. We get You'll fishing be out to sea. Yeah, you know, um, all kinds of stuff like get wet with Elvis. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just riffing. Here. I would love that. <laughs> that's that's disappointing. So here's the other, the more important thing in terms of that is that working titles for this film, because again, girls, 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 terrible title for this film. Yeah, and plus, there's only two girls. Yeah. What's that about? Unless it's like two girls, two girls, two girls. <laughs> Well, working titles for this included A Girl in Every Port, which, again, inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're both in Hawaii. Yeah. And but at least it's boat-related. Welcome Aboard. That's good. Gumbo Yaya. That's terrible. I mean, that's like a cool n- word play thing, but that's a bad title for this This seems movie. kind of like a prequel to Forrest Gump because they are shrimp fishermen. Yes. Good call. I got some Forrest Gump action. We get so close to Pirate Elvis at one point that my palms started sweating. This is also the second movie in a row where we have Elvis as Dom Toretto. How's that? Uh, he's a gearhead. They okay. talk about... So on. boats, not cars, though. Boats, so, not cars. Yes, okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they call. They say hot rodding around out there. That's he like right. opens up the engine and like has the guy hold the oil and the oil shoots in his face or That's whatever. That's true. Like, he knows how to, his way around. Yeah, he's a mechanic. Yeah, he built that boat. That's fun. So as opposed to just being a mechanic in Kid Galahad, going from town to town, becoming a boxer, looking for money, he's just a <laughs> boat mechanic in this. So he's also, he's still Kid Galahad, if you noticed. They call him Sir Galahad multiple times. At least twice. Which is wild. Because I don't know what the order of these movies were being made in and relating to their release dates or any of that kind of stuff. So who knows which came out 
so I don't know either. I have one thing that we'll get to for the cast in a second, uh, okay. but there's something that like a cast member was going to do this and then did something else and blah, blah, blah. And that movie that they did after that came out before this. So mm. this might have gotten delayed. Okay. Either way, it's weird to go from Kid Galahad to a movie where he's called Sir Galahad. Very. This is the third Elvis film directed by Norman Torog, T-A-U-R-O-G. He did this movie, obviously, but also G.I. Blues and Blue Hawaii. Okay, they have a feel to it. <laughs> it is the second of three movies that Elvis shot in Hawaii after Blue Hawaii. Oh, okay, this. all right, that makes sense. And there are posters for Blue Hawaii in this movie. Oh, I missed them. I think when they're in town. Oh, that's fun. That's like very meta. Like this guy, he plays this guy Ross, right? And it's like you know, everyone come up on the on the stream, be like, you ever realize you look like that actor Elvis Presley? <laughs> I don't know a lot of Rosses. When watching this movie, all I could think about was him as one of the six friends. Yeah, that's the only Ross I could right? kind of come up with. Yeah, definitely. You got Aniston. You got LeBlanc. You got uh, <laughs> Kudrow. You got Presley. LeBlanc's almost like, that's what that's who Elvis would play. You think he played Je- Joey. Joey? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. How, how are you doing? I know very little about... <laughs> So do I. I do too. I mean, I've seen the Jean-Claude Van Damme Damme episode and a few others. Hold on. (laughs) I'm going to probably freak him out. I'm going to call Brian right now. Oh. Our resident uh, friend expert. I don't know if I've ever called him. He also doesn't know this is coming. Hold on. That's insane. He's probably at the Mets game. It's at four o'clock. Hello? Hi, Brian. You're here on Viva Pod Vegas with Joey and Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Very well, thank you. I have a very important question for you. Yeah, go for it. Uh, you are our resident friends expert. If Elvis were to play one of the friends, who would he play? Joey, obviously. Okay, that's what Mike said. Nice. We matched. That's not even a question. Because the movie we watched has Elvis playing a character named Ross, and we're like, oh, like the friends, and now we're just talking about Elvis in Friends. No, that's that's an easy one. Elvis is a Joey. That's hundred percent. That's all we needed from you, Brian. Before we let you go, anything you want to plug? He, Mike Manzi hosts all the shows with me now. He can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. Take care, Brian. Go to Grom today. Yes, yes. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Thank you. All right. He seemed composed, but also a little startled. Yeah, he handled that very well. <laughs> Thank you very much. So the, the craziest thing about this movie, I don't know if you saw this, I don't know if you read this, I don't know if you knew this. This was nominated for Best Musical at the Golden Globes. Oh, I almost thought you were going to say Academy Awards, and my heart was going to explode. No, like, the Golden, dumb, okay, Golden the, Globes. The dumb Academy Awards. The, the Hollywood Foreign Press peoples? Yes. Is that it? Um, that makes a little more sense. When we talk about the songs, we'll talk about why. But there's a major hit in this movie. I was not, I had no idea it was from this My movie. My favorite Elvis song. Really? I think so. If we're talking okay. about the same one. Yeah, we probably. are. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it lost the Music Man, which makes sense. All right. That does, yeah. It was the, the only movie of his that ever got nominated for like Best Musical or something. Wow. But like, So this is the one. Because you know what this movie made me think of more than anything else? And it also kind of made me think back to prior movies and something you've said where it's like they have a list of songs yes and they're like pick some songs and we'll make a movie yes or just make a movie we'll throw songs in yeah so i was thinking like what a fun exercise it would be not that we should do this on the show but if like you were tasked with making an elvis movie and they gave you like five or eight songs and you had to like write a movie 
around those songs, sure. you know? And and if they actually did that to this movie, it would make no sense. Like, it would... it would. <laughs> so that's the thing, and we'll talk about it, but, I, you know, the way that I structure my notes for this is that I copy all the song listings from IMDb, the soundtrack, and there's, mm-hmm. like, 20 songs in this movie. Wow. And I write... And as we're going through the movie, I'm taking notes in between the listings, and I, I make a note of, like, the timestamp when the song comes up, yeah. right? And, like, almost every movie now starts with a song. It's, yep. like, an opening title credit song or whatever. Then we got a couple more in the first 15 minutes, and then we go like another 15 minutes before any songs, and there's like three in a row. But then we get to a point where like it's like four, it's halfway through the movie, yeah. and there's been six songs, and there's like 14 left, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> and then eventually, just like song, 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 song. Yeah, yeah, and and it's one of those rare movies I think where, or maybe this is something that they're trying out, and I think they're gonna abandon quickly where people other than Elvis are singing. Yes, a lot. This is, I think, we've had that before, but this is the highest percentage, yeah. I think, of... He got a second place Laurel Award. I don't know what the Laurel Award is. Oh, I did not Google character it. named Laurel in this movie. True, for the best male performance in the musical. He's very angry performance in this movie. His character is so pissed off all the time. This is the most widely televised of all of his films. I've never seen it on TV once in my life. I wonder if that's because of the Golden Globe status. Oh. Okay. Like, this is the one that we do, because this is the good one. That's what you put on the DVD box. Even though, if you'll remember, based on IMDb rating, this is by far the lowest rated movie that we've done so far. It's a 5.5. Five, everything else is between, like, a 6.1 and a 6.7. Yeah. And this is, I think, one of my least favorite movies, too. I don't know how to rank these anymore. I have, I have this third. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a feeling, I think, you know? It's like, is, is this Elvis movie making me feel as warm as other Elvis movies? It's like that kind of chart. We'll, we'll get to why I love this movie, what parts of this oh, movie. Oh, I love parts of it. It's the other thing where it's like, I don't remember what any of these movies are about. <laughs> I have well, to look up my review and a plot summary. I'm like, do I remember this movie? It's starting to get a little easier because... Well, we're doing this more regularly. Well, now, not too. just that though, but it's like okay, this one is a fisherman. Last one, he was a boxer. Mm. You know, it's like this and that. Like they're really sort of tying him to a job, a job for sure, and that's that kind of thing. And starting it from there. So. To that point, you know, we guess at the end of each episode what we think the next movie is going to be about. <laughs> and my first note is this: Did anybody have boats? I don't think anybody had boats because, like, why would you ever think why a movie you... called Girls, Girls, Girls is about boats? That is the biggest shocker in the world. Like that bothers me. For some reason, like it still bothers me to this day, the false advertising, you know, like just come up, just like put some nautical something in the title. Yeah. Nautical girls. There you go. (laughs) This is important to you. And I don't know that we, I guess this would have been three or four months ago. This might have been pre the offer before the offer was a thing that I firmly associate with you and the aforementioned previously spoken to Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party and Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. But he did the last two movies with United Artists, and they kind of oh. tanked to the box office. And I can't really find box office numbers, but he was with Paramount before, yeah. and now he's back with Paramount. Interesting, so interesting. Precursor to Al Ruddy. Oh, is Al Ruddy, okay. Is Al Ruddy with us today, Mike? He he. <laughs> Can we talk oh, to Al Ruddy? You know, Al's really boring. I don't know if you're going to want to talk to me unless it's about The Godfather, because that's all I did was that in that Burt Reynolds movie after. But uh, I don't know if I ever met Elvis. <laughs> but this made $2.6 million at the box office. So I don't know if that was good or not, but I think it did better it than the other good. ones were. Sounds so. good. Um, so quick backstory for the cast. So, okay. Elvis as Ross Carpenter. We talked about that. Second build, Stella Stevens as Robin Gantner. Oh, she's second build? Well, according to Wiki. Okay. So she plays the club singer yeah. that is dating Elvis or kind of with Elvis. Yeah, they have a... Uh... 
it seems like they're breaking up when the movie starts. So now I don't know how deeply you've mined the depths of IMDb trivia. Not very much. But every once in a while, like a lot of it's just like, you know, a sentence or a couple sentences, just like, you know, a thing that happened or a casting thing or like, here's a back, quick backstory. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, there's like a chunk. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, a str- like this is a saga. Right, you strike me thrill. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so there was one for this that I read before I watched the movie, and it was about Stella Stevens. Oh, you read it before? Okay. I, with these movies, yeah, you can't I guess, spoil these movies. N- not only that, you need incentive to like tune in and follow something. I want to key into things. Yeah, yeah. So there's a chunk about Stella Stevens, and I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Second build, let's do it. She had a miserable time in this movie. Oh man. So she was under contract with Paramount. They sent her the script. She's like, hmm, Elvis from Memphis. I'm from Memphis. We can do it. It's a good idea to put us together, right? Yeah. She reads the script. She throws it across the room. Wow. So this is all from like a 2004 interview. Oh. That when she's much, much older, obviously. And I don't know if this is just her reflecting back, like kind of cranky. Because like the way that she describes the story, even if it's not exactly like this, it seems terrible. But like it Hmm. seems like way after the fact, she's like talking about how terrible this movie was. Okay, okay. So she reads the script. She throws it across the room. She's like, this is garbage. She calls it, no, sorry, I'm sorry. She calls it, quote, a piece of shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's get exact. She goes to Paramount. She's like, I'm not going to do this movie. And they say, young lady, this is a quote. I don't know if this is her quote. This can't be their quote. This, this is Harvey her, Blood, her quote of them. Harvey Bloodhard. <laughs> young okay. If I could do this. Young lady, you're going to do this picture or be put on suspension. You won't be able to work here or anywhere else. You won't be able to make any money. Wow. Wow. And she says she was young, but old enough to know that she could fight the studio. So she says, you're not going to put me in this piece of junk and make me the girl that Elvis dumps for another girl. That's not what I had in mind for my career. I'll starve. I don't care. My children will starve because of you. Whoa. And will die because of you. Wow. Holy crap. So they're like, all right, hold on. <laughs> if you do this movie, we'll put you in the movie Montgomery Clift. Mm. She's like, all right, cool. Like, I, This is a week of work. I yeah, can yeah, make it yeah. work. While she's on set, director Norman Torog, again, third Elvis movie, screams at her the entire time. Assholes. So then they're like, you're going to do Two Late Blues with Montgomery Clift. She's like, great. Uh, then Montgomery Clift drank himself into oblivion and was replaced by Bobby Darren. Oh, no. So they're like, here, you get to work with this guy that you want to work with. Oh, he's a drunk. Right. He's not in the he's movie anymore. fired him. So the only other thing of note about Stella Stevens is that she was 19, in January 1960, she was the Playmate of the Month for Playboy. Hmm. And she was in a couple other pictorials in 1965 and 1968. She was one of their 100 sexiest stars of the 20th century, number 27. And during the 1960s, she was one of the most photographed women in the world. Really? I've never seen her before. If I have, I didn't know it was her. She was also in John Cassavetti's Too Late Blues, Jerry Lewis's The Nutty Professor as okay. his love interest. I haven't seen that one. I mean, I, I've seen every, the bellhop or the bellboy. Every time I watch The Simpsons and Dr. Frank shows up, I'm like, I get it. Blavin. <laughs> uh, she was in the Dean Martin movie Spy Spoof, The Silencers. She was in Sam Peckinpah's The Ballad of Cable Hogue and Irwin Allen's The Poseidon Adventures. Oh, I love that movie. Who is, oh, is she married? Oh, my gosh. Is she the one that's married? Oh, my God. What's his name? Um, so she was... Stella Stevens plays Linda Rogo. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine's Yeah, wife, Ernest Borgnine's. Oh, my gosh. That's her? Yeah. I love her in that movie. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I thought you did. That's why I want to make sure I kept it Holy there. mackerel. So. That's, that's her? That's her. So I'm reading this whole thing. I'm like, this woman's going to have this huge part, and she's in, like, 
eight minutes of the movie. She sings a couple songs, yeah. gets mad at Elvis, yeah. has one talk to Laurel, and that's it. And there's a very weird scene where she uncomfortably smokes a cigarette because clearly I don't think she smokes cigarettes and I think the director now hearing about this probably yelled at her to, to You're smoke smoke goddamn cigarette because she's the only one in the movie that smokes and it's only for one shot and she puts it out immediately and she just kind of like drops it on the piano and walks away and the smoke drifts out of her mouth as if she didn't inhale and stuff so man that's what a weird what a weird scenario so a more interesting backstory is Laurel Goodwin, who plays Laurel Dodge. That's so, odd. Casting. Mm-hmm. Best known for this movie, and she was in the original Star Trek, the the, the television series pilot. Oh, okay. That, I don't know if you know the story. I did not know the story. I love but they made Star this Trek. pilot called The Cage. It yes. became an episode called The Cage. Yeah, and yeah. And they screened with, it, and executives were like, this no. is terrible. Yeah, with It's too brainy. It's too heady. We don't understand any of this. It's amazing. Yeah. But they're like, we realize that we messed up. So we're going to give you another shot of the pilot. So they recast everybody but Nimoy. They mm-hmm. obviously get picked up or whatever. But she's in that episode, The Cage. Oh, great. Okay, cool. I love that episode. Jenny Slate as Wesley Johnson, the guy who Elv- Elvis's boss, the guy who rides oh, the yeah. boat. Uh, he's been a bunch of stuff I don't know. The only thing that I found of note about him is he married, was briefly married to actress Tammy Grimes. And in that time was a stepfather to Amanda Plummer. Oh, weird. So Pulp Fiction connection a little bit. Pretty cool. Then there's the... Uh, older couple the older chinese couple that elvis like hangs out with like, oh, with, like his family or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah um so benson fong plays kin young this guy is mostly just like a restaurateur like he owns a mm. oh, no, grocery store he owns like mm. a chain of grocery stores all right um but he became an actor because he was having dinner in sacramento in 1943 a guy from paramount shows up and say hey you want to be in a movie and so he was in a movie that a 10 week contract for 250 dollars a week um, and it's apparently he's most known for for younger people, uh, Mr. Wu in Disney's The Love Bug. So he's okay. Movie. I haven't seen that in forever. Um, and then his wife is played by Beulah Kuo. Um, she was in a bunch of different things, but she's also in General Hospital, which she was in for six years. Wow. Chinatown broke down Palace. Okay. She also a very cool note was an advocate for more and better screen roles for Asian actors. She founded several organizations in pursuit of that. Um, she co-founded a repertory theater, the East West Players, huh. an Asian American repertory theater, with James Hong, who's been in oh, everything. He's okay, amazing, yeah, right. And so she can, are they the the that group continues to advocate for diverse representation and elimination of stereotypes of Asian Americans in Hollywood and across mass media? Because like when yeah. in this movie Ooh. we get to Chinese characters and just like, Yikes. Ooh. but it it feels especially at the time not terrible. It feels. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I almost want to say like in vogue or something or like fashionable, but like you could tell they, they're not doing this out of disrespect that they, <laughs> it's hard to quantify in this day and age and in this context. But like Elvis singing broken English was not my favorite part of this movie. No, but I think that there's something. And again, I, I don't know that I, like the cultural a, handshake kind of thing as a going white guy. On. I can't really. And also, you know, 60 years after the fact or whatever, it's hard to gauge. But I felt like they were trying much. I think they were trying more than Blue Hawaii. <laughs> the fact that Elvis speaks Chinese or tries to speak Chinese, I think, yes. is cool. They're not a butt of a joke. We just talked about Jerry Lewis. Like, it's not right. like it's that right. kind of thing. Definitely not that. Like, it's. Yeah, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not the uh, butler in Blue Hawaii or anything like that. You know, like that was I feel much worse. This is like at least this guy's like working like his own man and he has the family and it's like it's Elvis's extended family. Um, Elvis has two extended families. Mm -hmm. He's got two sets 
of mm-hmm. parents in this movie. And neither are his actual parents. And neither of his real parents. We don't, we don't, do we know about his family, his actual family? I think he said his mother died at birth and his father died a few years ago. Okay. But, but I'm not but positive. Yeah. But like the yeah. people who he built, because he built the boat with his dad, right? But then yeah. the, guy, the guys, the mama and papa who yeah. are retiring to the drier climate are like family to him in this. I thought what was funny about the Chinese scene, like when they go to this like, Paradise Cove or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, here's my other family." Like, he has a family in every port. He's not a girl in every port. He's got a family in every yeah, port. Yeah, yeah. And not like in a creepy, like a traveling salesman way. It's just like no, people love him. That would be so. That would be so weird if it was like Elvis has like mul- like multiple wives with chill- sets of children, and then like they all meet at some point in the movie. Like, I don't want to see any of that. But what I thought was good about this scene is that the joke is on Laurel that she's trying to use chopsticks and can't, which I know is kind of like a hack joke, but it's not like. Oh, they do make jokes about like when you eat Chinese food, you're going to be hungry again in an hour. I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. and something about doing laundry. Right. But it feels like they're like, hey, white girl, look at this dumb white girl. Right. Like it's kind of like there's a little again. It is a little more like keep up, you know, keep up, Laurel. Like, you know, this isn't. And Elvis is like, here's a fork. Just she's like, no, I'm good anyway. Right. So <laughs> it took me a long time to uh, figure out chopsticks. I'll just say that. They're tough, man. But once you get them. So. What was I eating last night out of a can with them? Oh, mandarin oranges. And I was like, I'm going to try it with chopsticks. So I've gotten to a point, I haven't used them in a while, but like I've gotten to a point where I could do okay, but like rice, nope. <laughs> I, I don't know if I will ever be adept enough at chopsticks to be able to use For rice. rice. Bigger things, I can make it work. Okay. Rice, nope. Whatever. Anyway, okay. Let's get into it. Oh, boy. The movie starts with the titular girls, girls, girls. Elvis sitting atop a boat, singing to the camera as the movie opens. And I'm thinking, he's going to fall off that boat, hit his head, drown, and die. <laughs> there is a combination of stunt work uh-huh. and green screen. Yeah. And it both feels totally safe at all times and also like, oh, they're all going to die all the time. <laughs> Dude, I was very fearful for the production of this movie. The waves are choppy as hell. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they only they only do one or two takes of all this stuff. And it's like, it felt like, let's get out there. Let's get this shot. Let's get the hell home. And let's call it a day. Elvis, go sit on the bow and start singing. And he's like, I ain't going out there. And Elvis, sit on the damn boat and sing the damn song. There, It's not like they're, you know wire work stunts but there's like fight choreography on these boats and they jump to and fro boats and like that's like an actual like that's not a green screen like that's an actual they're in the water and like laurel jumps from one boat to the other and like what is happening here and and i feel like unless it's james bond they're not going to let the main actor drive a real boat like from a yacht to a dock but elvis does it like multiple times in this movie it's crazy man it, you know, I was think I was listening to a podcast yesterday, you know, from a couple of months ago, and they were talking about Top Gun Maverick, and they were joking about mm. how, like, remember when Tom Cruise was like, you know, why do I do these stunts? It's like, why do you ask Gene Kelly? Why does he dance? It's like I have to do this. It's just like, <laughs> but Elvis, you don't have to do this. I know. But I was like, no, man, I'm a I'm a boat captain. I'm a boat guy. I got to do boats. It, it just though to me feels like the 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 cheapness kind of like seeping through, right? Like there's no there's no time, there's no money, there's no safety. Like, this is Elvis. Can, I'm just glad knowing how miserable a time Stella had that <laughs> she wasn't anywhere near the boats. Yeah. I think she's almost exclusively, if not totally exclusively, in the club. I think you're right. Pretty much. She's like, yeah. I ain't going on the water. <laughs> she's like, I didn't even know this was about boats. I thought this was about girls. This is now the second time in three movies that Elvis is fishing. Remember he ran that little fishing empire oh, and followed yeah. that dream? I wonder if that's a trendy thing like cigars became in the 90s, like fishing hit big in the 60s. It's like a 
sport or like a leisure thing? I guess. I have no idea. I mean, I don't either. It's all speculation. Have I told you about my ideal dream for a podcast, which I feel like is a level of work I'm not willing to do? So it's like if we were getting paid one day. Yeah. I also don't know that anybody would care, but as you... I think, no, I've basically seen like five episodes of SNL ever. Yeah, yeah. And we're closing in on 50 seasons. Right. I want to do a thing where like someone, like I've I've been talking about with Bob, who I do How to Win the Lottery with, where he and I, week by week, go through, but like put into historical context who the host was, who the musical guest was, what they were doing, the sketches Mm -hmm. in the thing, like why they're making fun of things. That's a lot of work seems miserable it seems fascinating yeah but it seems like because i think there's something to like me not knowing anything about either snl or really history um, <laughs> just coming in all blind or comedy no just kidding or comedy. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing where it's like maybe fishing just popped up in 1960 i don't know yeah. but also like no people fished forever right yes yeah i just meant like a trendy kind of stuff no i and yeah. i and i don't know i know and that's the point because like, like, i know nothing the thing the thing that made me think that was actually back to the future because you were sitting there watching back to the future and when marty wanders into town for the first time in 1955 there's a kid on spring shoes he's like yeah. on these shoes and it's like well that never lasted that was a trend you right. know that was here and gone kind of thing because so. i feel like when was what's the what's the one with opie where he's like i feel like Happy Days? No, no, no. Where he actually plays Opie. Oh, 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 right. With Andy Griffith. The Andy Griffith the Andy show? Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Where, because I feel like my, vis- my visual of that is him walking down like a dusty road with a fishing pole over right. his shoulder. Like that might yeah. be in the 60s. There you go. Fifth, you know, who knows? There you go. Elvis, like we said, is more in love with boats than girls. He's yeah. just like, because they're like, Elvis, when are you going to get a girl? He's like, I got a boat. Why do I need a girl? And he's like taking them out on these people out on a tour and the wife is like hitting on him. When he's really in the, the swordfish or the tuna or whatever. It's like he doesn't want to cheat on the boat. Like if she hit on him somewhere, <laughs> if she cheated on him somewhere else, he might be more amenable to it. But the fact that he's like on the boat, he's like not here. He's not like, now. lady, this is sacred ground. Like don't be fooling around on my boat. Especially since he built it with his dad, which, yeah. you know. Uh, the the thing of note though, and I feel like the the coloring in this movie is really nice, at least in the DVD. Like it's it it looks I think better yeah. than a lot of the movies I've been watching recently. But this is also for the first time in a handful of movies, he's got the dark black dyed hair, which he'll right. have I think for every movie. But it's like I never really thought think about it until like we watched the last couple and he's got that that dirty blonde or like yeah. you know, light brown. And here I'm like, oh no, this is Elvis. Yeah, that did it. That's right. At one point he walks into the club and it's slicked back, and I'm like, now that's. Elvis. That's who the Elvis that I've been waiting for, I think, to show up uh, all these movies. Um, yeah, good call about the hair. But speaking of the club, he goes and we're seeing Stella Stevens sing Never Let Me Go. The second song in this movie is not by Elvis. Right. Yeah. At the Pirate's Den. I was. I know. I was shocked. I wrote down like someone other than Elvis is singing. I, I thought this was against the Colonel's wishes. And then he immediately just, then the Colonel's like, okay, so she get one, now he's going to get one. And he hops up there. One for one, one for you, and one for me. We are the same. You and Stella, you (laughs) are the same. But he hops on about stage and sings, I don't want to be tied, and everyone loves it. Yeah, didn't he just like kind of stop by for just a quick song or something? What was the reason he just, they're just like coaxed him up on stage? Or was he like, I decided So to he's sing not a professional me? singer. Yeah, and he doesn't work there or anything. Because he, he gets a, a professional singing gig there later and Stella is furious. But I think he's just like around and yeah. like him maybe. Yeah, I think he's just like trying to blow off some steam. The thing I noticed about all of his performances at this club is he's basically just kind of standing there doing the twist and snapping his fingers and like, that's it. That's his move for like the whole movie. 
Which works. I'm cool with it, but um, it's just like, you know, no background dancers, no backup singers, none of that kind of stuff. He's got the band playing, but it's the house band. But it's just kind of like, you know, just Elvis. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm surprised how stripped down uh, it worked. I think this is when Laurel shows up some point here. Like he goes out to the sea with Mr. Johnson, who's buying the boats and whatever. And he's playing the pranks that I was saying before. But then Laurel shows up. And I just love that he tells her to scat. He says, scat. Uh, like to get Ooh. out of here, not scat like as in scat man. Well, like, they have like the weirdest meet cute where she orders a drink mm-hmm. and wants Elvis to bring it over to her. And she's on a blind date, I think. I got We got to talk about Laurel. I don't understand her at all. Like there's so many things going on with her storyline that I can't figure out. Like, is she telling the truth? Is she is she a con artist? Is she secretly a rich daddy's girl? Like, I don't know. I think the answer to the last one is yes. Yes, but it's... A journey, to say the least, to try and figure out this character is drive. It drove me nuts. Well, what's weird, I think, and makes sense, and is also kind of funny, is that we can't figure her out. Elvis can't figure her out. He's like, I'm not going to walk you all over town. She's like, you don't have to. He's like, well, I'm not going. He's like, no, I'm, I'm home. Like, I'm, I'm staying in this hotel, like right here. Like, it's this whole thing where, like, there, it's like a weird misconnection or like lack of communication. Yeah. But it's hard to tell if that's intentional to give her an air of mystery or they're just like, who gives care? Who cares? Yeah. See, because I, I immediately for me, like it, I, I was wondering what was going on when he drops her off at the hotel and she goes in and she's like, puts on this accent and is like, I got all these birds. We can't stay here. I'm storming out. And I'm like, wait, did she really? Is she a con artist? Like, what is happening? And then the next scene, it's not. I don't know. She's living somewhere Maybe. else. She's telling that her daddy's in town. But then like, is that really her dad? The guy is the guy that was drunk at the bar. Is that the guy Elvis works for later that buys the boats? I can't remember. So, like, I think by the end of the movie, she writes a check with her dad's money. She calls her dad who's in Chicago or something. That phone call. Holy shit. And she's like, I need money. I'm going to write a check. Bye. And he's like, wait, what? Money, please. And she writes a check to buy the boat to make Elvis happy and he's like I didn't want you to do that for me and I so won't be a kept Marion so she sells it back we'll get there he but makes like, the guy buy it back by beating the shit out of him <laughs> I think the but all it makes means is like just don't cash the check and like we're, we're back right like just like terrible kinda, check kinda kinda but I think like where we wind up is like she just has money and she's just like out for like a joyride basically yeah and her whole thing was she didn't want Elvis to like her for the money just for who she was which is it, a liar. It feels like it should be her movie. It does. That she would has, be a better. She is way too complicated of a story to be the second or maybe third or maybe fourth banana. Yeah. Because Elvis's whole deal, he's so straight up from the front. He's like, look, I'm going to lose my house, which is my boat, which is my livelihood. I live on it. I work off it. I have to do all these extra jobs, you know, and I don't mind that. He's like, that's OK. We also find he's terrible with money. Yeah. He, he needs someone to help with the finances and all that kind of thing. But, you know, at least he's he's. Like, he doesn't want a handout. And I think that's what bothers him the most about her is like, you know. She just does it without asking. Kind of, She's yeah, not like, yeah. hey, do you want help? Do you need help? She's like, I'm just going to help him. Yeah. Which feels better, but I don't know. The other thing that, so we, we mentioned before that Elvis in all these movies is like a Lothario, not by choice, but by situation or circumstance, right? Right. But the other thing that keeps popping up is that he's just naive and doesn't know better. Like, he's just yes. like, I'm simple and not simple in a bad way. No. But just like, I'm just trying to live my life. Yeah. Quarter mile at a time. Quarter not nautical mile at a time. <laughs> the only place he's been, if he's been anywhere out of the hometown he grew up in, has been like to the service for a, a few years and then back home again. Yeah. So like he really doesn't know like what, unless he was like stationed in Japan, then he knows about Japan. And I feel like in this movie, he should want 
Laurel's affection and money and gestures because everyone else is leaving him. Yeah. I mean, I think he does, but he doesn't want it to be like, I just want you because of your money. I'm not quite sure he what want, he sees. He wants in to there. demand the money out of her. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he's the whole point is like, you know, I think he says at one point, he's like, I don't need money it's like it's not about the money it's about us like i can, he can go stay on that cove with it his has second everything family. to do with like, us <laughs> we are the same you do not get it um because like there, there's the whole like the mama and papa have an anniversary party where the four amigos sing mama that's weird great he sings a, he, he serenades her he sings we'll be together which by title sounds like a love song, but he's singing it to like this mother figure. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, he gives her that the like little handkerchief and she loses her mind over it. I mean, it's sentimental. It's nice and everything, but I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I it's weird. I, that, this is why I like this movie, because nothing makes sense. Because <laughs> like everything, like, well, it's, it's a normal movie where they're just like throwing weirdness in. You know what it also feels like, which is kind of sad now that I think about it. It feels like instead of going places because Elvis couldn't leave the country Yep. because Colonel would never get let back in. Yep. They go as far as they can, which is Hawaii, okay? Right. And it's as close for other nationalities to come to Elvis. Right. And that is what these movies are starting to feel like. That's a lot what this movie feels like. Right. And it's like a reverse travelogue of some kind where they're trying to expose Elvis's audience to other cultures around the world. And, you know, because and to Elvis, too, at the same time, and I, I feel. I wonder how much of that was the studio, how much of that was Elvis. Like, I want to get out there and how much of the colonel was just like, hey, like, you don't need to go to China. You That's can, it. You can bring China to you. Yeah. We will make a movie about China. We could do it here. Like, yeah, I think that's the mentality. Was... And we know 40 years later that Lost made Hawaii look like the entire globe, right? Like that entire show was <laughs> yeah. so like you could do that. Right. Um, but then yeah. he goes out on a kind of a date, I guess, with Laurel and he sings to her on the speedboat, a boy like me, a girl like you. He's driving them around. And then there's like a radio signal on like the clearest blue sky. They're like serious weather incoming, which never happens <laughs> until like at night, like it pours at night. Oh, but that's also they're on the sailboat. That is even more dangerous because there's a part where they're almost like completely like sideways because of the wind and the thing. And it's clearly Elvis and her alone on the boat. Yeah. And someone in another boat, a camera boat, shooting them. So, like, I'm thinking that boat is just going to freaking blow over and Elvis is going to drown. I mean, the like, entire movie, <laughs> all is lost, is Robert Redford on a sailboat, right? Like, trying to not have it sink. It was so scary. I was really. It was hard to pay attention to some of the music and the songs and stuff like that because I was like scared for the danger that I was. I was like, this is like a Halloween movie That's or something. Why I like it. <laughs> so, so they get a weather advisor. They go to Paradise Cove. They have the second family. They have a shrimp dinner. The white girl can't use chopsticks. They joke about being hungry for Chinese food one hour later. All that mm -hmm. happens. You have the twins, the twin girls that start when Elvis tries to sing. Yeah. So they sing Earth Boy and Ginny 2 and Elizabeth 2. T-I-U. I don't know how you pronounce it, but 2. I think they're sisters in real life, um, but they sing the song Earth Boy with Elvis. Nice. They just go outside and they're singing after dinner to Laurel. And she's they're They're singing in Chinese and yes. he's translating. And I'm like, oh, like, it's cool. Like, he knows Chinese. And then he starts singing Chinese like we talked about, which is like, oh, cool. I mean, I like the concept of the song where it's like you kind of teach each other your language through the song. Mm -hmm. I think that was the concept there. 
it just felt maybe because again the whole movie and a couple of the past of this movies felt um like choppy like there was maybe a better way to do it like something about it just kind of fell flat for me about it and like maybe if it was during the day or you know some he was babysitting the two girls but as it is it's like they kind of come in on him putting the moves on Laurel. Well, so and yeah, like, he's singing. It sounds like he's trying to sing like a traditional Chinese song. Yeah. And they're like, your Chinese is terrible. But all he's singing, these are, you know, two like four-year-old girls. Yeah. But all he's singing is ooh, 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 ooh. And yeah. they're like, you That's can't. That's wrong. But they're, so they're, they're basically like, like ooh, 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 Hey, ooh. Elvis, you can't sing. But they're saying you can't sing Chinese, but he's just making sounds. But it's like Elvis is a, like the whole point of why this movie exists is because he's a singer that people love right. hearing. Yeah. And you're saying he can't yeah. sing. And what are notes but just random like sounds? Like he could just be singing a note, not a word. But so. I don't know. I, look, again, I love the concept. Just felt the execution was uh, a little rough, maybe. It's fair. That's okay. fine. This is the point of the movie where Elvis then gets two jobs, right? He gets hired by the guy who bought the boats, and he's not happy about it. He, like, runs right into that guy's office and starts to try and, like, beat the crap out of him. Like, such aggressive, el- angry Elvis. And then he gets hired, and he, like, spikes a thing. Like, he walks out of the office and, like, slams, like, in the ground. Oh, he pulls out the knob, and she'll do it later. It's just very shoddy work- workmanship. But I kind of liked... Th- I think I really liked this scene because he goes in there, and he's pissed off, right? And the guy is like, hey... I'm just a slimy business dude, you know, but you want a job? And Elvis is like, I do need a job. And they like work something out. And like, even though they don't like each other, like they have a business relationship and like, you know, for the rest of the movie, Elvis is going to kind of run his fishing organization. Well, it seems like, and they're like, they're, they're negotiating financials where Elvis wants a cut of the profits or something. And like, whatever this guy does, Mm -hmm. whatever Elvis does, whatever, you know, there's like the sliding scale. And this also felt like Coda where like, did you watch, did you see Coda? Academy mm. Award winner for Best Picture. Coda. Oh, the the uh, the sign language. No, movie. no, I have not. Because it's about it yet. fish. It's a fishing family. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, okay. and so it's again like how the union or whatever they call it, like in that movie is screwing the individual fishermen because like there's like a sliding scale in that movie too, okay. where they're trying to buy the fish and the the fishermen who go out and do all the work are getting less and less money, so they basically unionize. Okay, and that's kind of what like Coda's about because this girl wants to go off to sing, but they're like, you're the only one who in our family who can who isn't deaf. We need you to translate. And she's like, I can't do this. This is what I want to do. But it's about like that. Like they're trying to like set up right. this union or this new, you know, co-op or whatever. Okay. And so same thing here. It's like this guy isn't doing the work. Elvis is going out with this guy singing songs and catching tuna. <laughs> and then coming home, the guy's like, sorry, sliding scale, man. Right. Yeah. The more you catch, the less you get. You asked for that. This is no, how you I know. It. The guy was going to pay him like per pound or something. And Elvis is like, no, 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 no. I want percentage. As if like just. That's a negotiation. Although I do feel like even if that hadn't happened, it would he would have gotten screwed in reverse too. Oh, yeah. Either way, you know. But I feel like he's getting screwed more because you know if you come back with something, you can weigh that and get paid for it probably more than whatever percentage you sell it for is going to be. So the only thing that I have anything like this, and it's not like this at all, but like when I've moved, you can either when you move your things like with the moving company, you either pay by weight or pay by like space. And so, like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, well, based on this thing, like, probably it's going to be cheaper to go this other way. But, like, you can then be like, oh, I'm going to bring this desk, I'm going to bring this table or whatever, and just, like, just load up, like, heavy shit that you wouldn't otherwise bring because you just have this, who knows. But it does seem like Elvis just doesn't know what he's doing. No, yeah. He goes back to the club. Stella Stella Stevens singing again another song, The Nearness of You. So then he gets hired as a professional singer. Yeah. 
and Robin, Stella Stevens, is not happy. No. And Elvis isn't exactly happy either because he's like, I, w- I need a job. I want to sing. And the owner's like, sure, great. And uh, he's like, can you start tonight? And Elvis is like, no, I got a date. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand. You're starting tonight. Right. And Elvis is like, damn it. All right. And we keep cutting to Laurel, right? And Laurel's like waiting for him. <laughs> so, Joe, you'd have no idea how mad I got for two seconds because they hire Elvis and he walks up on stage and he's about to sing a song. Oh, this is the this is why I love this movie. And they cut away from him. Yes. And they go to Laurel waiting for Elvis. And I'm like, you're seriously not going to show us a song. And we cut back and the crowd rapturous applause. And they're like, again, sing. Encore, encore. Sing that song again. <laughs> Which is the weirdest way to do it, and that's why I love it. I'm like, this is the, the the most roundabout way to get to him singing a song. Like, he goes up on stage, like, here we go. Like, this is like a more natural reason for him singing. He got hired as a singer. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. And they're like, here we go. And then they cut away, and I'm like, oh, this movie doesn't know what it's doing, and I love that. I've never seen that in anything. I mean, who thinks of that? Like, that is wild. So then he sings, this is my favorite Elvis song, Return to Sender. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it was in this movie. Shocked. It's wild that it's, it has nothing to do with this. Nope. It has nothing to do with the story. No boats, no fish. No Hawaii. Um, It's about a girl who doesn't love him, and two girls in this movie very much love him. (laughs) Save this for when he's a mailman, you know? This is the sort of sad news in terms of where we're going from here, but this is his final chart topper from a movie he starred in. So no song from here on out is going to be as successful as this song. Not even Viva Las Vegas? It's an IMDb set or wiki set or something. Whoa. I don't know. There's still time. No. <laughs> so he's singing Return to Sender, which again, I love. And then he, sing, he goes into Because of Love, a song called Because of Love. And this is when Laurel comes and she's just like, we had a date. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, I'm trying to save up money to buy this boat back. And I think that's where she gets the idea. Like, oh, yeah, I, I can go on dates with this guy. I just need to buy him a boat. <laughs> and then he'll be all shut up about it and uh, he'll be mine. Yeah. And then comes, I think, my favorite song of the movie. Thanks to the Rolling Sea. Yeah, because it is a sea shanty. <laughs> we cut to his other job. We go from his night job to his date job, right? Yeah. And it's just like music playing. Like, it sounds like it's just like music they're listening to that's El- an Elvis song. Yeah, it, so- it sounds like Gilligan's Island almost. And then we see Elvis, like, climb down a ladder and he starts singing. And the funny thing to me about this is that everyone is doing work. Everyone's, yeah. like, casting nets and reeling in nets and, like, sorting fish. And he's just standing there in a ship's captain hat or whatever just singing the song. Yeah, it's the is this the invention of Yacht Rock or something? Like, Elvis, I noticed, man, he's finally out of that denim, but he's decked out all in black mm-hmm. he's got that shirt rolled up and he's got like the the v-neck and everything and then that sailor's hat i was like this is a look for elvis it's a and remixed he, black look yeah that's a good call because we know yeah. him, uh, like he wears like he's not the man in black that's johnny cash but like, right but he had the leather and the comeback but this is like hey you know him in black not like this you don't <laughs> that is such a funny point that say that like he's the only one not working because then he's, he goes from singing Thanks to the Rolling Sea into Song of the Shrimp. Great title. Mm-hmm. But this, at least the guys are done working and they're all sitting around him listening to him singing. I'm like, yeah. okay, finally you're not being an asshole. You're like letting them enjoy, like you're rewarding them for hard work or whatever. Well, I mean, he might even be to blame for the hole in the net because he wasn't around to tell these guys what to do right. And they're like trying to move the boat back and forth and everything. They run over the net and cause a big hole in it. And they have to like 
go home for the day. Well, this is the other thing, yeah, because like Elvis is owed money for his day's work, but the guy's like, you owe me a net, man. You screwed up. Yeah. Because I guess he's captaining the boat or whatever, and so anything he's that like charge. gets sh- damaged is his fault. He shouldn't have been singing. He should have just been netting. So he's losing money because he like he he goes and like he owes he he winds up working for a full day and it feels like he owes the guy money. He's yeah, like, I'll just pay you a little bit of money, but like you owe me money. <laughs> you owe me a new net, man. And then and then maybe one of the most insane this scene, <laughs> this sequence is so King Creole I think is a great like a, a genuinely great movie. Yeah, and I think it's, we're not gonna have a movie as good as that. This I like more than anything <laughs> in any Elvis movie so far. This is like a Warner Brothers cartoon. It's amazing. Like this is like a, a an escape room. Like what happened to Laurel cooking dinner? We cut to Laurel, Elvis nowhere to be seen, and she's cooking dinner. And suddenly the oven's on fire. <laughs> but like everything like every cliche about like I you know, I always thought Women were good cooks and chefs. The women in my life all are. And like, where did this stereotype come from? Laurel can't boil water. Well, because she's a she's a daddy's she's a rich daddy's right. Girl. Okay, so she's never cooked before in her life. I wish we knew that about her because I would. I don't care. I think she's a con artist. <laughs> like, I know you don't care. At this point, I don't care either. Now, once once the kitchen gets set on fire, like I I'm throwing my arms up. So Elvis shows up. The oven's on fire, basically. I don't remember. If, I don't remember if it's on fire before he gets there, or after he gets there, whatever. Before it, it, it's it's before he gets there, just in time. So, as the oven is on fire, they're doing like a punch and Judy routine. They're like, "Where's the salt? Where's the oil?" She's like, "We don't need oil." He's like, "Not that kind of oil or what?" Just and, like, and, and meanwhile, real flames. Yeah, real flames about an inch from Elvis's face. Incredible! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He like then, the danger. He then takes a bunch of salt and like actually puts out this fire with salt. Does that work? Apparently. I think he's I trust thro- him. I think he's throwing salt on the fire and someone is behind the scenes uncranking the gas and making the flame go down before it melts his face off. So he says it's an old wives trick. They're mm-hmm. like he's like he's digging under the sink and she's like, What are you looking for? Is like a place to hide? It's just like God, the, the oven's Please. on fire and you're cracking jokes, but whatever. And I'm just like, you know, the, the roast comes out and is burnt to hell and so he cooks. We don't see him cook, but he cooks. Right. And they have a very nice dinner. Unbelievable scene. And then it gets even better. Well, because then, like, so they're having dinner, and all they can think about is boats. He's in this apartment of this beautiful woman who's got all the money in the world. She's a terrible cook, but who cares? She's beautiful. She can cook. What? Or she can't cook. She's got you know, money. Order out. And he can't stop thinking about boats. Then <laughs> they hear the neighbors fighting, and they're like, oh. Like, let's eavesdrop. And then the neighbors start not fighting. Uh, they start having sex. Yeah. Uh, through like you can hear through, through the walls, walls going, like moaning, walls. like she, like the woman is moaning through the walls. Elvis then bangs in the walls, and they kind of like bang back or whatever. Yeah, and then <laughs> the song "The Walls Have Ears," which is Elvis's only tango song ever. This is, this might be, my favorite thing I've seen in any movie this year. So it starts off almost like music concrete, which is like, you know, uh, songs made up of sounds, not real like instruments. So it's like the banging on the wall and then there's banging on the floor and they're stomping back and it creates a beat. It's incredible. And then some magically they're wearing tap shoes. Yes. And they start tap dancing a tango. Yes. How? How? And... Every item in this apartment is on a wire, 
and like he'll knock on the wall and the wall will knock back and all the frames will like dance like yeah. it's a Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And like the table is literally hopping up and down. Yeah. It's all like real animated. Like, I mean, it's not, I mean, it looks like, I mean, it's all tricked out. It's tricked out. Oh my God. This is like, you think about like old timey musicals where it's like spectacle and like so much of these Elvis movies so far have been him. Oh, I didn't know you had a guitar. Or like, you know that song on the radio? Sing along. Or you got hired as a singer. Come sing here. (laughs) This is just, this is a thing I didn't know we would ever get. I didn't know that I wanted. And I love it so much. Joey, this is like what we've kind of been waiting for in a sense. Is like we want Elvis to break out into musical style stuff. And like this is as close as we've gotten. Like you and I on one of the aforementioned Brian Rodriguez's show, High School Slumber Party, we just watched a great musical called um, Voyage Vo- of the Rock Aliens. Voyage of the Rock Aliens. And on that show, we're like, this is what Elvis needs to do. Like, everybody joins in. It's like High School Musical. Suddenly, we're all doing the same dance together. But this is as close as we've gotten so far. And I was, I was loving it. It's absolutely incredible. She looks beautiful in the scene. Yeah. They're both dancing incredibly. Uh, she's got the flower out of nowhere, like she's a tango dancer. They're dancing around. The thing I did not realize, and I watched again this morning because I just want to see the scene again, but I was looking for art for this movie. And I was looking on, you know, I, I, I Google image search Elvis mm-hmm. Girls, 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 and I find like, you know, the, the, the old timey movie posters or whatever. But there's this thing from the New York Post that said the title of the article uh, before i get this did you notice anything unusual and i don't think you would have because i think you would have brought it up now because i didn't notice it anything unusual about elvis's demeanor in this scene his demeanor his physical presence no what is it elvis this is the new york post article from last november last of 2021 mm -hmm. okay by ben cost Elvis Presley got erection filming Girls, 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 <laughs> and it wasn't edited out. Get out. Look at the picture. Here. Oh, my God. There is a still frame of a boner in his pants. That is crazy. So I watched the thing again because it's like two and a half minutes long, and there's like three or four shots. I've never okay. I've never watched a scene just staring at his crotch before. I watched a scene staring at his crotch. <laughs> And it's only oh like three God. or four shots. And like it's it's to the point where like it might just be like how jeans kind of like pock out sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm not entirely sold that it's an erection. Okay. But it lasts the entire scene and like it's a couple di- like it's a couple different angles. And also like this is it's not overly erotic, I don't think, compared to modern standards, but compared to what Elvis has been filming, yes. this is one of the sexiest scenes he's done in a long time. I was shocked that we were hearing people having an orgasm in the room next door basically is what was happening you know and then listening in of course he was gonna get aroused yeah or maybe that's just elvis natural i mean th- again this woman is beautiful yeah and he's like you know hands on each other while they're dancing there's the idea of sex around them right all of his songs ostensibly are about sex yeah yeah and could, hmm. how can you not that's amazing. There was that, you know, I don't remember who said it, but there's that like classic Hollywood like uh, 
Sorify, get excited and sorry if I don't. I, yeah, I wonder if that's where it started. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they have a night. They have a nice dinner, and then Laurel buys the boat, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, that boat buying scene was terrible. He was like, uh, "I want ten grand," and she's like, "I won't pay ten grand. How about eight? And he's like, "No." And then she goes and she calls her dad, and she's like, "Daddy, I need two grand." And he's like, "Well, what's it for?" And he's like, "And she's like, well, I can't really tell you." And he, and he says. Okay, so he says it's nothing medical, is it? Making me wonder if they were talking about she needed two grand for an abortion or something mm, like that. Maybe. The way that this movie was going with all the sex and all that kind of stuff and it getting sort of more adult. You never know. I don't know. I don't know. So then she she like comes to terms. She, she writes the check. She shows Mr. Johnson the check, whatever. We cut to the fishing boat. Elvis singing the song "We're Coming in Loaded." They come back with tuna. So he's oh, a man. tuna fisherman, but they've done songs about shrimp. Like it just feels like they go out and he, whatever's out. There. He does it all. Yeah, shrimp. He's not tuna, how fishing works. No, not at all. Nope, not whatsoever. <laughs> but he is just the fisherman. Yeah, and he comes back, and Mr. Johnson's like, "Here's the seventy-one dollars you're owed," and Elvis is like, "You owe me a hundred and three." Right. He's like, "Nope, you won the sliding. Sorry, sliding scale. Here's the seventy-one dollars." And Elvis cold cocks the guy. <laughs> Pretty much. And then he finds out that Laurel bought the boat and he's angry at her. Doesn't want to take handouts. I don't want to be kept. And he's just like, this is the point in the movie where I, I think it's just sleep deprivation. He's working a day job. <laughs> yeah, he's right. working a night job. He's trying to have a romance or two. And he's just mad at everybody. Yeah, he's he's overloaded. You know, he's doing too much. He needs to slow down. If I was... I think he could make enough singing at the club. He's a big enough draw. The guy's like, you'll make more money if you bring more people in. And the first night he works, like, he's got a triple encore, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, people are coming in while he's going out and stuff. So, like, he doesn't really need to run himself so ragged. But, yeah, he's trying. So we go back to the club. Stella Stevens singing her third song of the movie, Baby, Baby, Baby. And she and Laurel are fighting because Laurel shows up and is trying to make sense of Elvis. And they hate each other because they both love the same man, even though it seems like Robin does not care about Elvis. Yeah, I think she's done with Elvis. And because I think and this is her last scene, too. This is the cigarette smoking scene. And uh, Laurel comes in to be like, where is he? And she's like, well, he's probably at the cove, you know, with his other family. And she's like, thank you. And she's like, You're welcome. <laughs> so can you explain to me? So then Mr. Johnson and Laurel are out on the boat. Why, how, yes. why do they go out on the boat? So she needs someone to sail her there. To the cove. To the cove. So he's like, I'll sail you there for dinner. Okay. And she's like, fine. I need to get there as soon as possible. And then on their way there, uh, like Elvis has his like spies see that. So this is like an always sunny, the implication. Do you uh, know about this? I'm not sure if I so saw that one. You know about like Dennis is like a, a psychosexual yeah, predator, that right? much I know. And I know I saw they bought a boat. On an so episode. there's a thing called the implication. Okay. Where he says that if me and a girl oh, are right. out to sea, yes, his disgusting, and there's nothing out there, thing, yeah. there's an implication that something's <laughs> going to happen. Yes, he's a pure Dennis. Yes, and this is what Mr. Johnson does. Right, that he's not like implying, but he's just like, oh, I got my sea legs. Like, let me fall. On oh, you. I keep falling. It's Austin Powers. I've fallen over and over again. I seem to have fallen over three times yeah. in a minute. Yeah, on a very choppy sea in a very dangerous looking boat um not manned by professionals manned by actors yeah (laughs) and so elvis like you said he has a spies elvis goes to rescue her and there's a moment and i know that he's not been a good guy all movie he's been a guy with money who's screwing over elvis and clearly trying to take advantage of Mm -hmm. laurel here yeah 
but there's a thing where the actor turns to the camera and smiles, and I'm like, oh, this is a horror movie now. Like, <laughs> they're out on the open sea. Yeah, and, like, knife someone, in the water. Someone might die here, or like this was his plan all along to kill them both, or to right. kill Elvis. Suddenly, it's a Roman Polanski film, right? <laughs> like, and this is the scene we were talking about where like Elvis beats the guy into buying the boat back. Why, like, savagely beats him. Elvis tells him that he should win a medal for, quote, being the world's biggest jackass, which I think is a pretty good Well, point. I think the stuntmen in this movie deserve medals because whoever stunt, if that's, I mean, it might be Elvis. Might. It probably is. But he jumps from the boat to the sailboat, and then uh, Laurel and Elvis jump from the sailboat, sailboat to, to the boat. boat and, and then, then they the- <laughs> They, so, okay, again, boats all manned by actors. They somehow they're in like this little like dinghy, like it's not a canoe, but it's not much bigger than a canoe. Uh, yeah, right? what do you like call it? Like, like a like a rowboat, a skiff or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know boats. I don't be there. I don't know history. I don't know fishing. I don't know boats. <laughs> but they're like, we got to get out of here. But the route to get out of there apparently includes crossing under the bow, the front of the bigger boat. It, it was... looks like they're about to get run over, and they kind of do get run yeah. over. Yeah. But somehow they're all okay? Yeah. So this just further adds to my one take theory because the actor on the yacht looked shocked. When Elvis and Laurel's characters like are in the boat, they are they immediately sort of like swerve in front of the boat and it looks like the boat smashes them. And then when they come around the other side, like the Elvis I'm gonna I don't know if it's Elvis or not, like whoever's playing Ross is holding Laurel and she's like She's like hug. He's like hugging her as if she's injured or something yeah. like that. But then they kind of don't they cut to a shot of them like okay in the water or something. So there's so like, like so there's like they get on the boat, which is Elvis and and actress Laurel. Yeah. And then they cut to like a sort of an aerial, like a more aerial shot where they like go under. Yeah. Okay. So that and was they kind of and then they, they cut around and they zoom and like the boat like speeds by or whatever. It's, yeah. But it's done in a way where I'm like. This all seems real. Yeah. And it all yeah. seems terrifying. Yeah, I was horrified. I was it was like like the one thing I didn't want to have happen that I thought was gonna happen the entire movie is that someone's gonna get hurt in one of these boats. <laughs> and as far as I could tell, so the wiki for this is not long, but there I read the whole wiki, I read the IMDB trivia. There's nothing about injuries, so it seems like okay, they all good. dodge this. All right. But it seems like this jackass of a director who's screaming at his one of his female leads probably doesn't care about other stuff too you know what I yeah mean? So. yeah why would he and the colonel you know safety precautions come on is i just say action you know action and cut how hard is it to make a movie i say action then i say cut yeah <laughs> so then after an entire movie of elvis trying to figure out ways to make money to buy his boat back he says to laurel eh, forget the boat we'll just build a new one together it's like a I mean, and the right. reason the reason that happens is because there's four minutes left in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he needs to propose marriage to her in an unconventional way. Yep, which she's like, well, when you say build a boat together, he's like, well, we're not going to live in sin, are we? And they, they, she agrees to marry him. Like yeah. it's the weirdest yeah. proposal. This is not the first time we've had this kind of weird proposal. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I can't wait for weirder ones. And you know? then they sing dainty little moonbeams because the little Chinese girls lure Elvis over to sing with them. Hula dancers show up out of nowhere. Like Latin dancers show up. Uh, yeah. People in kimonos, like every nationality of girls are coming These in. These are the girls, girls, girls. Yeah. This is like when David Lee Roth used to sing about, you know, California girls and he liked them all over the country. This is like 
girls, 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 or like the Beastie Boys, girls, dude, dude. Like this is Elvis's like girls, girls, girls. Like he says it over and over again. Because this also speeds up into being a reprise of the title song, that's, Girls, Girls, Girls. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm referring to. And it's to. like, oh, okay, cool. Like this kind of ends in a nice way, but it's like, okay, we have four minutes left. They're together now. We got to resolve the story, get them together, and then sing another song or two. You know, just. I can't believe I'm saying this, like cut a song or two in service of the story next time because like ended on a freaking wedding, not I a think proposal. through all the non-musicals. Yeah, you're pretty much There are right, two. Right. There's two songs listed on IMDb that I don't think are in the movie. There's one called I Don't Want To and there's a song called Where Do You Come From? And I don't think either of those, unless I somehow like blacked out for three minutes, <laughs> I don't think either of those songs that, are in the movie. That Elvis sang? They're performed by Elvis. Okay, all right, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure if we don't remember two Elvis songs that were not in the movie. I don't think they're in the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. Anything else about this movie? Anything else? Any of the notes you have about Girls, Girls, Girls? Um, No, not really. I mean, it, it's nothing like I would have expected, just judging by the title, judging by the cover, judging by any of that. There's no mention of boats where anywhere, no mention of fishing anywhere. But other than that, yeah, there's another Elvis movie. In the books. I don't think it's fair that this is the worst rated Elvis movie. I don't think this is bad. Well, I think it's, I, okay, I think it's bad. <laughs> I think it's endearing because it's bad. So I might actually bump it up a little to that half a star extra because of how fun, like, there's two really great sequences in here. So, like, it might, it might earn it for that. And it's, I, you know, it's, it is better. I think it is better on a whole than Blue Hawaii was. I think it's, I like it more than Kid Galahad. Right now, I have number one King Creole, number two Blue Hawaii. I don't know. And then number three, this. <laughs> but, like, I, because I'm, I'm just trying to, so, like, as I'm watching The Simpsons and as I'm into season 13, I'm, like, messaging some friends who, like, stopped, like, bailed in The Simpsons at, like, nine or 10 or whatever. And they're like, I hope you're putting together like a playlist of like latter day good episodes. And I feel like it's the same kind of thing here. It's like, they're not all good, but every once in a while, there's a thing that you're like, you need to see this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like there are probably better movies that are more coherent and that aren't as forced songs or whatever, but nothing we've watched ever comes close to the walls of ears. Yeah. I think you're right there. I mean this is this this blows the uh I can't even remember the name of it when they when they steal the land in Florida. <laughs> this blows that movie out of the water. Like Follow the Dream. Like what was Follow That Dream? Like what was that movie? That plot was insanity. In the last handful of episodes we've done we're like, oh we're I guess we're 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 postponing that all musicals thing. Like we keep getting surprised by things. But this I think was genuinely the first time where I was surprised in a way I'm like, oh, I'm excited again. Yeah. Because, like, it felt like we were, you know, having the, the, the rug pulled out from under us. It's like, okay, here's a musical. Oh, it's not really a musical. There's songs in it, of course. But here I'm like, oh, these movies can get weird in a way that, like, I'm ready for. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, going into, well, let's see, what year was this again? 62? Okay, yeah. so, like, the 60s, psychedelic baby, lots of weird shit's going to go on. baby. That, too. So, I think they're just gonna get weirder that's what i hope for i hope like they start out like every other elvis movie and then somewhere in the middle just like crazy insane looney tune shit starts happening like this one and then you know we end with our checklist um he's got the girl he's got to propose and he's gonna do a reprise of the opening title song and then we're out of here so yes best song in the movie is a return to sender i mean 
so the best scene is the walls have ears but i think as a song it's good but return of center is my favorite album song i think so like that's the best song in the movie is there a better song is there one that you like more so i i like this the shanty i like the sea shanty song what was that one again oh the rolling seas or whatever it's called um let me bring it up thanks to the rolling sea yeah thanks to the rolling sea like that sounds like some pirates of the caribbean shit like i was really down with that song for some reason it's just so different than the rest of elvis's stuff to me um that's my favorite song is by no means the best song i it's return to sender really your all-time favorite elvis song yeah, i think so. That's, so i don't know i mean i again, that's great i mean i i, I don't i don't I don't know a ton about Elvis as it's been as has been established yeah. on this podcast over and over again. Even though, like my dad, you know, I think he's my dad's all time favorite musical artist. When I heard Return to Sender, I think part of it was that like I had never heard that growing up. Okay, and so I'm like, oh, I love this song. Yeah, and I didn't know what it was from. Obviously, I didn't know it was from Girls, Girls, Girls. But I'm yeah. like, this is just like a cool because it feels like. I mean, there's probably a lot of songs where he's like a jilted lover, but it feels like he's just like I don't, I don't get it. Like I sent this letter to the woman, like she just <laughs> wants something to do with me. I just feel like it's a cool. Yeah. And I think it just sounds good, too. Yeah, you know, no, it's got a good story, too. Yeah. So it's one of the three songs. It's cool. Return to Sender or Thanks to the Rolling Sea or The Walls Have Ears. But is any of those songs better than Can't Help Falling in Love? Probably not. Ah, yeah, that's tough. I mean, we might like these songs more, but that is just a better composed song. <laughs> that song's like a masterpiece, you know? It's like, you know, a Rembrandt or something. So now the more difficult question, scale of one to ten... 10 is totally natural. One is absolutely broken. How forced are the songs in this movie? Way less than usual. So last time Kid Galahad, we gave a three. Yeah. Which is low. Very low. This is more like a seven. So you think it's pretty good? I think it's... Anytime he gets a job singing at a club, you're an automatic five in my book. So Blue Hawaii was a 6.5. GI Blues was a 7.5. Whoa. So I think seven. Seven's fine. That's fine. Actually, I'm going to drop it down to a six. I, mm, six and a half? We'll do six and a half. That's all fine. Right, all right. Because he, I don't think, I think he only sings to the radio once in this entire movie. Which is nice. And he picks up a guitar two or three times. So, you know, and she's even like, what are you going to do with that loot? Sing me something lootish. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll try. So for this movie, our guess is. Oh, boy. You said. Elvis just got back from the service. <laughs> that was a cheap shot. <laughs> He's got really hard luck with love. He lost his war bride, who's now with someone else. He starts a dating service called GGG, Girls, 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 oh. for Lonely Men. It's like the pickup artist. He sets up someone with a girl he winds up liking, so he has to take her away from the man he set her up with. I love that movie. <laughs> Swing the miss across the board. I wish that was this movie. I, I came up with that? That's what you said. Wow, a lot's happened since I came up with that. I can't remember saying that. Then I said the pressures of fame and falling in love with the girl, but there's always another girl he's always falling in love with. It's kind of meta, which again, kind of, but like that's that, that's. I'm describing a love triangle in a way that like isn't. It, it it's not as the love triangle is not what's inventive about this movie. So I don't think either of us get that. But the next movie, it happened at the World's Fair, which as of this moment, as we're recording. On Saturday, September 24th, 2022. It's on HBO Max. Get out of here. I'm watching it there. I have the DVD, but I'm going to watch it there. What do you think it happened at the World's Fair? Did you see the horror movie from this year? We're all going to the World's Fair? No, I never heard of that. It's like a creepypasta homebrew kind of movie where this girl sees a challenge online called the World's Fair Challenge. And she... 
participates in it. And it's a, it's kind of a commentary on like virality and online culture and cream okay. pasta culture and stuff like that. And it's it's not great, but it's good and it's interesting and it looks great. But we're all going to the World's Fair. It happened at the World's Fair. Interesting. I just started watching uh, The Empty Man, which is really good. What's that? It's on HBO Max. It's a horror film. The um, Empty Man? Yeah, about a, I don't want to spoil too much, but about a bridge and a whistle and they summon The Empty Man. And Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen this poster. Yeah. Oh, I've heard this is good. Yeah, it's 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 real good. Cool. Okay. Okay, but okay. Happened, happened at the, the World's, World's Fair. Fair. So this is nineteen sixty three. We're the next year now. All right. Oh, and the average rating I'm... is higher. It's back in line with the other stuff. It's a six point zero on IMDb. It's a two point nine on Letterboxd. Everything I can do not to say the plot of Tomorrowland. Okay. Have you seen Escape from Tomorrow? No. What are I need? I need. A list. Escape from Tomorrow. Just listen back to the episode. You'll have a list there. <laughs> Escape from Tomorrow is a movie they shot in Disney World. Oh, right. A horror like, movie, like a right? Sto- a stolen film or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, Escape from Tomorrow. And like the, I have it on Blu-ray. Like they released it, but like really? Disney was like, we, if, if Disney, so like as we're, as we're recording this now, like a week or two ago at TIFF, the People's, did you hear about the People's Joker? The People's Joker? You don't know anything. What anything. is going on? I heard this crazy thing that they, that some kid who lived next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, like for Make a Wish or something, they made a True Lies two, and like really? no one's ever. Seen, it's like a very. It's like a short film, and it's sort of more like a that home rules. movie, but it's like they're in it. <laughs> so the People's Joker is a movie that was screening at TIFF and was supposed to scream at Fantastic Stream Scream Stream Screen Jesus Screen at Fantastic Fest. And it's the Joker, uh-huh. but the Joker is a trans woman, and it's like it's a whole like transgressive where it's like taking shots at Disney, and it's taking shots at DC, and it's taking shots at a lot of different things, okay. and it's apparently great. Oh my gosh, I want to see that. They screened it once, and then DC sent them a cease and desist, like you can't do this, you don't have the rights, even though the movie starts with a title card that defines parody and fair use and oh, free they'll use get they'll whatever. get it they'll get it out. This movie also features Bob Odenkirk. Scott Ackerman voice, voices Mr. Freeze. What? So there's all this crazy stuff. Like, it's this huge thing. So the, basically, I feel like by striking it down, this is a movie that people are going to be like, that on the indie circuit, people are going to care about. This became like film news Whoa. because DC was like, you can't screen this. So like, it almost feels like that was what it was designed to do. Yes. But Seems it's, like that. it's going to get at some point. But anyway. Yeah, they can't control that. Escape from Tomorrow is a movie that, Disney never would have let happen. No. But basically, I think by like not squashing it, nobody knows about it. That's a good point. Because no it's just like, does, yeah. you're going to give them press. Exactly. And whatever. And it's like, yeah. a, it's a horror movie that's set in whatever. So. Wow. Two totally different tactics. One movie you can Wild. see, one movie you can't see yet. But anyway, it happened at the World's Fair. I just, I told the stories <laughs> to give you time. What do you think this movie's about? Um, honestly, dude, I mean, it's got to be Elvis meets and falls in love with a girl at the world's fair and he sees her when he gets there and it takes him like half the day to track her down and then he's like they're going around looking at all the different attractions and it's basically just like you know come to the world's fair and elvis will give you a tour of the world's fair you know come see it at the movies or something so that i mean i know that doesn't sound too exciting i'm having trouble thinking so it's of like any it's like organic more... marketing like they're making this movie to promote the world's fair yeah by elvis showing you look how great you can fall in love with the world's kind of like blue hawaii where he was like it was like come to hawaii and fall in love 
And I think they're going to, you know. So you think the titular it is falling in love? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, I want to try and think of like some kind of B story or something. So I think Elvis is there. And I think he is there with like his younger brothers and sisters or something. And he has to try and keep an eye on them while also chasing down the girl of his dreams. Like there's got to be something else. You know what I'm saying? And he's been, he's that had sounds like That sounds like Shazam. Kind of does sound like Shazam. But it's been, Elvis's thing has had like younger brothers and sisters, like like 10 years younger for some reason. Yep. So like maybe he's there at the World's Fair. He's like, we'll go to the World's Fair for the day. It'll be fun, mama. I'll take the kids. I think I'm going to take a page out of Boz Lerman's Elvis Uh-oh. 2022. Uh-oh. And that you know how that movie starts with Cody Smith McPhee as like this touring musician. Mm-hmm. I think Elvis is part of a traveling troupe oh. who is performing at the World's Fair. And while he's there, it's it's basically like I don't want to like rehash your plot, but he also sees a girl and falls. But in how love. much more can you do? Yeah, I mean that's you know there's gonna be at least one, if not two, girls he's gonna fall in love with. Uh, he's just trying to be an honest, have, have like a normal day. Women keep throwing themselves at him, and he sings some songs. Like that's what the plot of all these is, right? And yeah. maybe he came back from the service, maybe he didn't. I like the idea that he's part of the attraction, that he's not there to look around, that he's actually there, like, on the job. And then it's like, how do you balance work with pleasure? <laughs> how do you business? How do you balance work and family? Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, and I think but the, the sad part is that he's going to lose her because he has to move on. Oh, okay. So it's like just so he's, he, has to, he has to decide between love and career. Yeah. Stay and be with her or move on and continue with the circus. Yeah. Like I said, the IMDb stats, it's a 6.0, which is a little low compared to some other stuff, but a much higher than Girls, Girls, Girls. 2.9, again, on the low end of the letterbox, but again, higher than the 2.7 for Girls, Girls, Girls. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I This this movie revitalized, because like, this is one where I'm just like, <laughs> every one of these movies that we watch, and I know this is probably a bad mentality to have for a podcast like this, but like, there's just, they're so slow. They're so slow because it's a different era. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with like, and it's just like, okay, here's another song. And then like, like weird things started happening. I'm like, this is a little <laughs> off. And then we get to, you know, an hour 10 in or whatever, like, you know, near the end of the movie. But by that point I was already like mostly on board. And then the walls have ears. I'm like, oh, I'm way on board. <laughs> it tipped you over the edge. So, you know, to, I, good to hear. Uh, Cause I was getting a little worried, you know, because I too, you know, even though, Going into this episode, this wasn't my favorite Elvis movie. It's not my least favorite coming out of it. And I, too, was sort of starting to feel, I think, with the last movie, kind of like, not bored, because I always enjoy watching Elvis, but, like, it's redundant or something, you know? If you're going to make 32 movies in 10 years, like, have some difference between the two of them, right? (laughs) Or just don't make that many movies. Or just don't make that many (laughs) movies. But, like, I'm glad that they do, because, like, if there's, like, two more weird scenes like this, like, that's going to be a treasure trove. See, that's what's going to probably happen is, like, you know, we've run out of normal things to do in movies. We just have to have to start, like, shooting for the moon at some things. Like, what? Come up with that. Anyone got any ideas? Do you think he's ever going to go to the moon? I wish. I don't think we're going to get Elvis in space, but come on. Like, Mm. Elvis in space. And I don't think we're ever going to get a true Elvis horror movie, but you imagine Elvis as a Dracula. Oh, my God. Like, Vampire Elvis. Like, all these movies, like, all the titles coming up, like, seem, like, positive, right? Like, it's all kind of like, there's nothing, like, that's spooky. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, hope, you know, prove me wrong. Who knows? Uh, Any Riley Keough news? Elvis' granddaughter? I haven't seen anything. No, but there's some... 
sort of tangential Elvis move, uh, movie news with Sofia Coppola. Yeah, hit us with that. Uh, she's making a movie about Priscilla, mm-hmm. which going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely deserve to have that side of the story told. And uh, she's still around, so hopefully she'll consult and, you know. Yeah, and Jacob Alordi from Euphoria is playing Elvis. Oh, God, the, the really super tall dude. Yeah, yeah. who's like, a, that's a terrifying, imposing Elvis. <laughs> and Kaylee Spaney, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, um, plays Boots in Bad Times of the El Royale. She's also in Pacific Rim Uprising. She's been a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, is Priscilla. All right, cool. I'm wondering, and I feel like Sofia Coppola is not going to shy away from the sort of more... Shia? Sorry. (laughs) Shia is Elvis? Oh, what did I just say? (laughs) That that would be good. But I don't think she's going to Shia LaBeouf away from uh, the predatory aspects. I think she's going to focus in on that. The same way I think that like Blonde is going to be like, hey, Marilyn Monroe's life was kind of dark. Is that NC-17? Yeah. Wow, I, I think because I think that. it's largely because of violence. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's going to be like I think she, I mean okay. she's naked a lot in it, but she's been naked in other stuff, and that's not like people don't right. really care about nudity. I think it's like sexual violence and other violence and okay. just. But it's also it's on Netflix. It doesn't matter what the rating is. Oh, I didn't know it was on Netflix. I mean, it's going to be in theaters, but it's also going to be on Netflix. Okay, thanks Netflix. But yeah, Kaylee Spaney as Priscilla, Jacob Alordi as Elvis. I wonder if we're going to like he's going to have to sing, but it's not going to be like him singing like. We just saw Elvis no, singing. There's, there's no buzzes. way. No, because it's not about it. It's technically not about. I mean, it's about Elvis, what's, but like what's fascinating, to a certain extent, is we had heard for years, in the lead up to the Boz Elvis, that it was a Colonel Tom Parker movie, right? That it might even be called Colonel Tom, right? Right. And it's it's an Elvis movie, but like kind of the main character is Colonel Tom, right? And now we're having another Elvis movie that, like, by name is not as, like, if the name is not Elvis. But there's going to be two movies in the span of, say, you know, a year or two or whatever that aren't really about Elvis. It's weird. And in this one, you know, titles can change. You could even call this one Presley. Like, how weird would that be? And then and you Elvis kind and of, Presley? Then you kind of cover all your bases with the movie one way or the other. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though, because I, I, I love Sofia Coppola. I like Kaylee Spaney from what I've seen her in, and Jacob Elordi is... He's also in, speaking of Anadarmas, speaking of Blonde, he's in Deep Water, Oh, which, which is that Ben Affleck, Anadarmas movie that got dumped on Hulu because after they broke up, they're like, we can't release this. Oh. Uh, oh, is that what happened in that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh. And it also got like really cut down. Like the, it was apparently like much more racy and better. Like it's not good. It's it's wild mm-hmm. um, and it's horny, but it's <laughs> not good, really good. Um, but he's in that like he's a he's because she the whole movie is her kind of having affairs with the younger dudes or whatever okay. and he's one of the dudes in that like he's really good in that too like he's great in euphoria as a terrifying scary boy jackass <laughs> um you know complicated because everybody on that show is complicated but he's really good so i'm looking forward to this movie everyone i will give that everyone on that show is complicated but most of the people in that show are scary <laughs> yeah and and nate is you know the, the, the scariest <laughs> Um, but that was good. I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Any, any other cool. Elvis or uh, uh, Riley Keough news that we've seen or no? No, that's it. Well, well, I had a question for you. Mm. You used to play Garage Band and Rock Band and stuff, rock right? Band guitar, was yeah. Elvis licensed for those games that you can remember? Oh, I think 
I want to say there was one. I, I want to say there was one song in rock bands. Because I'm, I'm seriously sitting here trying to think of how can they make an Elvis video game like they did Moonwalker for Michael Jackson, where he ran around and threw his hat at people. Suspicious Minds. Wow. That's was the, in, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Was in Rock Band 4. That's that's a good guitar riff to trap. Exactly. What movie is that from? Did we get to that already? I think that's later. It feels like it might not even be from a movie. Well, it's in New Elvis, which is all that's coming up. Well, yes. It was released in 1969. It's from Elvis in Memphis. Okay, so that's a concert film. Yes, right? which I think we're probably... Or prob- documentary. Was that the document? I've seen it. I think that's a documentary. So the issue is that the last movies he made were in 1969. So it's... It's either from Charo or The Trouble with Girls or Change of Habit or just was a, an original for yeah. the concert film. Interesting. But, yeah, like, I also think, you know, we, we've talked about with Brian, who we called on the phone, like, what we do. And it's the same. I think it's the same kind of thing that you're 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 trying to figure out the monsters made us is, like, what do you do after you finish your initial run? Right, right. Because there's only 32 Elvis movies, but there's, like, a million things that Elvis was in or that Elvis has been a character in or the concert films or whatever. And so, you know, we'll get to them eventually. There is at least a short list of stuff to do. I know that much. Yeah, I mean, maybe not a million, but there's, like, you know, probably another 10 or so. Yeah. So... And, you know, um, we keep it going every time someone makes a new Elvis movie. Not with Elvis, but about him. We gotta... Or with him. If they, make a, hey, if they hey. make a new movie with him. Humphrey Bogart was in The Last Action Hero, so you never know. You never know. There's, <laughs> You know, we're going to get to a point where there's deep fakes, like, actually just in movies, yeah. right? So, I mean, there are deep fakes in movies already, but, like, completely bringing James back. I think they might be, I don't know. But, yes. There's enough video and, and audio footage to recreate Elvis. I think so. Yeah, he did... 30 movies in 10 years, so... <laughs> Seriously. Uh, what do you want to plug? Talk about the Uncle Francis pod okay. that, Mike, that Brian, you know, offloaded to you. <laughs> yeah, so Brian Rodriguez and I, we host a show called Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar where we are going through all the films of Francis Ford Coppola. We've talked about The Offer. We've done now... Uh, I think one is out, but we've done three episodes about The Godfather. You One is out right now. I was also giving Brian shit on an upcoming Too Fast, Too Forever that's going to be out on October 4th, maybe. We had to record one in advance. But he has railed against the letterbox nerds for years. And I like, know. You are the letterbox. He's like, no, he's like, no, Godfather's not a letterbox. I'm like, it's not that. You're talking about cuts and film gradients and stuff. Like, you're talking about movies in a way that you have people that you're... He's like, no, I don't think... Like, no, he is. Brian. I know. I'm trying to get him over to the dark side as it were i'm like dude you're you would have a legendary letterbox if two of your top four were the godfather and the howling three and then put like voyage of the rock aliens up there and then i don't know like scarface like you would be a legend on letterbox well, like, i hear, you I hear scarface is bigger than the godfather <laughs> i don't know i don't know where you've been spending your time but no <laughs> spending my time listening to uncle francis's wine cellar we're i don't know guest on taking cra- making hot takes our crazy crazy hot guests um also you mentioned the monsters that made us. Me and Dan Colon are going through the history of the Universal Monster movies, film by film, the last Friday of every month. Which one's out in, as we're recording this, which one's out this week? House of Dracula, which is a real fun one. A sequel, in a way, to House of Frankenstein and also 
Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So it's a lot of fun, a lot going on there. And then Joey, you and I well, host well, before a, before oh. we get to us. What's your because in in a week or so, there's also a new Third Time. Oh my gosh, it's your, it's your totally Halloween right. episode. Yeah, right? so Halloween is upon us. So Third Time's a charm. Just it's going to be a fun one. I don't know, Joey, if you've ever saw Howling Three Marsupials, but I've seen Howling Two. I suggest you check this out before the show drops because uh, is Howling One good or no? Howling One is fun. Yeah, okay. I loved Howling One. It messed me up. Like, okay. I think that's a legit cool horror movie. Helling 3, let's just say it's me, Brian, and our good friend, also Austin Wolf Southern. Wolf Southern. Figured, okay. <laughs> Wolf in the name. Um, so we have a blast. That movie's amazing. Uh, so check out that episode when it drops. Or it should be out. October 3rd. No, this will be out t- oh, today This will be tomorrow. out today tomorrow. Yeah. So October 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Third time's a charm. The what about us? We got lots it, of stuff it has going everything on. To do with us. <laughs> we are the same, Joey. We do Elvis. We do Cage. Keanu. A new Hanks out this weekend. Or new Hanks or will be coming this week. Yeah, we got a, a lot of Hanks lately. Hanks has been a busy boy. We got to catch up on Charlie's because the Old Guard two comes out. I think this year. Get out. We didn't even do the first Old Guard. And we had two Adams families. And F nine. Oh my God. And bef- we got to do that before F10 because surely she'll be in that. Yeah, we got, we'll, we'll figure that out. But we got, because I think she's the only one. We were going to do an Adams Family right. this weekend and then Pinocchio surprise drops. Yeah, so we have to watch that and do that. Yeah. It's priorities, people. Yeah. Mondays, every other Monday, 1999, the podcast. As this episode comes out, the most recent episode is Being John Malkovich. Our next episode is Election. Ooh. Every Tuesday, it's Too Fast, Too Forever. As this episode comes out, we're about to start lap 12. Wow. Montez, the ride-along. She's on every core installment. So the Fast and the Furious, the original from 2001 on Tuesday. And then every other Thursday, How to Win the Lottery, my book podcast. This Thursday, I think we're releasing... We recorded like six episodes mm. before we talked to other authors, and so we kept pushing these other ones back. So we've done – we recorded these like months ago. So the one that's coming out this Thursday – oh, no. This Thursday is an interview with Fernando Strigotti, uh, who wrote Shitstorm. Nice. And then next week is The Novelist by Jordan Castro, who we did not speak to. But uh, go cool. to cageclub.me slash shows. There's a new show with Dan Colon if you want to check out Nor Efron. I don't know there's a lot of Elvis nor Efron crossover. Maybe Maybe, there is. maybe. I don't Could know. Cageclub.me slash shows or just cageclub.me. New episodes just about every day. Go check that out. But for all things Viva Pod Vegas, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag or king, either one, at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And thank you very much for listening. Thanks to the rolling, rolling, rolling. Thanks to the rolling sea. Thanks to the rolling, rolling, rolling. Thanks to the rolling sea. Fish on the table and fish on the fire. Fried fish hanging on the tree. Everything here that your heart desires. Thanks to the rolling sea. Thanks to the rolling sea.